0: Hi, my name's Lisa, and I'm a co-founder of Evolve HR.
1: And my name's Chris, and I'm a co-founder of CT19.
0: And I'm Sarah, the other co-founder of Evolve HR. Welcome to our podcast, Humanize, lifting the lid on HR and recruitment.
1: So we've worked together for the last three or four years in a professional capacity. Uh, We've decided to get together to share our experiences with our network, uh, invite experts from our respective industry to share theirs. Uh, Hopefully people won't find it too serious. It's going to be topical. Um, And yeah, I guess some sort of therapy for people.
0: Absolutely. Well, I am actually one of those people that knew what they wanted to do from probably 16 or 17, although I did have a couple of career choices before that. Which were? At seven, I wanted to be a librarian, just oh. because I like books. <laughs> and at 15, 16, I wanted to be a PE teacher, but that is mainly because I'm incredibly bossy, which hasn't really changed <laughs> This <but. is> true. <laughs> But actually I'd worked for every other large retail chain when I was 17 and um, I've always been really good with people, like talking to them, really interested in what made them tick, mm-hmm. um, like a challenge and really like problem solving. And I spent some time with a personnel manager when I was about 16, spent a day working in personnel team. And pretty much from there on in, I decided that that was going to be the career choice for me.
1: Mm-hmm. It's an old school term, right? Personnel. Oh,
0: yeah. Very old school. Absolutely. Assistant personnel manager at personnel the time. Personnel officer. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So I, I knew at that point and then looked for courses at university just to see whether I could uh, really study for, for that kind of qualification. Wasn't much around then. Ended up doing what my friends call a shopping degree, (laughs) retail management at the time, but it actually specialised in personnel management as it was then. So yeah, I've pretty much known from quite an early age that that was the career that I, I wanted to follow.
1: Nice. And then just before I ask Lisa the same question, so do you think what personnel was then is the same as what HR is now?
0: Oh God, no. It's, you know, it has completely changed. Personnel then, particularly because I was working in retail companies, that was like the first stage of my career. It was very much about man hours, getting people on the shop floor, uh, dealing with any kind of employment relations issues. But that was pretty much it, just in terms of the nuts and bolts of running a store. It was incredibly commercial, Mm -hmm. which has been a really good basis for me in my career, because every other job that I've taken, I've been able to really think about what adds value to a business from a commercial standpoint so brilliant grounding but has changed a, a heck of a lot over the last 20 yeah. something years
1: so lisa same question for you like why hr
0: yeah i think if i go back i i left school and i didn't do very well at school um, i left with just mediocre uh exam results had no idea what wanted to do uh worked at Prudential, everybody worked at Prudential, it was like school away from school, did that, didn't really enjoy it, um, left and then I went to work for a burglar alarm company. Super weird, I'm not technical, selling burglar alarms. Didn't do very well at that either. Um, But kind of persevered. And then I ended up managing the sales guys, the reps that go out on the road. Um, And when I did that, I kind of settled in because I think it was more about people a little bit. Still wasn't sure. Still really didn't know what I wanted to do. Then I had Jordan. um, So then I didn't work for a little bit. Um, And then I went into uh, a Japanese college, which was um, super interesting. Lots of people-oriented stuff. Loads of students. Love working with students. I was a PA. I was really bad. I feel okay. like there's a bit of a thing here because I'm saying I was really bad what at makes a things, bad, but I yeah. was re- I'm just not very organised. I can organise myself. But I can't organise other people. Changing daris and stuff like that was just absolute nightmare. So I wasn't very good at that. But they liked me, which was really good. So they moved me and I was moved to um, looking after students and doing kind of stuff, bringing students in and out um, from Japan um, and bringing them into homes in the UK. And I really, really, really enjoyed doing that. And I worked with a lovely lady. And then... From that, I wanted to do something else. And I had then started to think about what's my career going to be. And then at the college, they had a personnel officer, funny enough. Mm. Old old school personality and sympathy. Um, and she left and they asked me if I would like to do the job. Never done it before in my life. Had no idea what I was going to do. Super fearless at that point in my life. And I was like, yeah, I'll give it a go. So I gave it a go and I worked with a really... Um, interesting guy that had come into the college to, to, to kind of um, help to work with us commercially because it was it wasn't commercially doing so well and i worked with him for quite a long long period of time he was super uh, ambitious and quite ruthless but he really taught me how to be a very commercially orientated um hr professional i guess from that i then went to a couple of big tech companies um and I quite liked the, I guess, what's the word? It's the technical side. So cheapy acquisitions, mergers. I really loved all of that. And I think it was because I'd had quite a commercial grounding. Did a commercial role for about a year um, in one of those companies where I looked after n- about 100 IT engineers. I am the worst IT person in the whole of our business. Like, she, yep, she <laughs> absolutely. Is. I hold that mantle yep. and, and I managed them, but it because it was managing people. It was about getting them to be the best that they could be. And I think because of that, I then I then came out from that job. I was there for a year and I thought, okay, no, I need to get back into HR. I don't want to be a manager. It's not kind of what I want to do. Um, and then I came back out and just carried on my HR career and just loved working with people. Same as Sarah, problem solving, challenges. I like to walk into a bit of a shit show, yeah. you know, and kind of see how we can fix that and what does that look like? So, yeah, I guess, I guess. It, so, it was never a plan. Sarah's was definitely more planned. Yeah, yeah. Mine was absolutely... don't like this, don't like that, don't like this, don't like, oh, do you know what, I'm going to do that. I actually quite like that. I'm actually quite good at that. Yeah. And interesting what you said there, actually, because I
1: imagine both of our businesses have similar situations where there's someone maybe managing a team of people that they don't necessarily want to be managing, or Mm. maybe don't have a technical background doing like, and I guess those people in my experience aren't necessarily the best people to to do that job. So um, yeah, interesting what you said
0: there. Yeah, No, definitely.
1: So really interesting what you said there about back in the day when you were mm. um, managing a team of IT people, you don't have an IT background, no?
0: Absolutely not.
1: Interesting. <laughs> but clearly good with people. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Yeah. So it might like, I don't know if you guys have this in, in what you do, but in my experience, dealing with uh, very technical people, scientific scientists and engineers. So mm. quite often with our clients, we see sometimes the best scientist or most senior scientist becomes a a team manager and i don't often necessarily think that's the right route for that person so do you have any examples maybe of like where you've seen that in businesses or or something that you can relate to
0: we we have it we have every day don't we i mean you know a lot of the startups that we work with put their best people into a managerial position without really having that conversation with that individual and that's Honestly, where the trouble starts Mm -hmm. with growing and scaling teams. So a lot of what we're having to do is unpicking some of that and realigning with people that actually have a passion Mm -hmm. for managing managing a team and managing people. But it's also about introducing that the two different routes in terms of career. And and I know that Mm -hmm. you have this all the time, which is you don't have to be a manager to get up to the next stage in your career or at the career ladder actually there's a technical route and a specialist route too so a lot of what we do honestly day-to-day is i'm yeah. picking some of those mistakes that founders or ceos have made
1: yeah and that can be applied to like any industry like i Absolutely. see it in recruitment right. like the top billing recruitment consultant yeah. ends up managing a team yeah, yeah. and yeah. actually like that person
0: doesn't enjoy it they
1: then have responsibility of making sure other people are revenue generating and Mm. profitable whereas uh, I've worked with a couple of people actually in the past have just said do you know what I don't want that I'm going to look after myself I know I can hit my number Mm -hmm. I'm happy earning what I'm earning
0: Mm -hmm. yeah totally and often people go into those roles and I think they fail yeah. And then they feel that they're a failure, but they're not actually a failure. The environment just wasn't the right environment yeah, yeah. for them. It hasn't been structured in a supportive way yeah. for them That's to go safe. from like yeah. deliverer to manager of people, because managing people is one of the hardest yeah, jobs hard anybody can ever do. Yeah. Sometimes I think you sit there and you think, I'd just rather be an accountant. I can put some numbers into a column and they're going to stay in the column. Mm. It doesn't work with people. <laughs> you try and approach with some person, some somebody and it works. You just think, oh, that works. So you then try and approach with another person no, it doesn't and work. it doesn't work. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, well, what the hell's gone on there then and
1: everyone responds so differently totally. right like in terms of yeah. like a motivational perspective 100%. like what motivates one person will demotivate yeah. someone else
0: so you asked the question about the difference between personnel management as it was you know 15 20 years ago and what it is now and that's the key yeah mm. which is really thinking yeah. about how you motivate a team how you engage a team how you move businesses forwards whereas before it was turn up get paid leave mm. Yeah. Just you know, different. the world has changed significantly, especially in HR over the last twenty years. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: And most of my experience obviously with scientists and engineers, mm. like when I see those mm. people be progressing yeah, to line technical. management. Do you think like it makes it even more challenging when someone is maybe so if you're managing a group of very technical people and you're a technical person, mm. do you think it makes that even harder if like someone maybe disagrees with a decision you want to make in terms of how to get to the next milestone for example. i think
0: it can i think from my experience what happens is when you're technical is the people that you manage expect you to be better and more technical than them mm. and often mm. that's not the case yeah you have a team and you hire a team of absolute experts that sit below you and they fill all the gaps that you as the manager don't have mm. yeah that's really hard to navigate at times because those people expect you because they're very technically minded so i think there's a there's a a layered challenge then for somebody that's managing a group of technical people which makes their job harder mm.
1: yeah and I was once told surround yourself with better people and you 100% better, right? yeah, and definitely. I think there's also like I definitely see this with some of our startup clients I feel like we've had people at interview stage for example who have been rejected and I do I genuinely believe that they've been rejected because the hiring manager is concerned mm. they might be better than them 100%, um, 100%. and I'm wondering if that like that, that must have a detrimental effect on the business
0: of course I just think about our business mm. I would look at every single person that we have in our business, and every single one of those does something better than me. Yeah, like without a shadow of a doubt. Mm. And I th- and that's why our business has been so successful because well, of those people. Not not every one person has every skill that you're no. looking for yeah. in a job. And so, and for us, I think it's you know one of our lessons too, right? Just in terms of setting up the business is recognize the skills that you have. recognize the skills you definitively don't have pull them in pull pull somebody in to help you fill that and it's the same conversation that we have with our clients right which is it's a tricky conversation Mm. sometimes especially with a founder or ceo Mm. because not everybody has the skills and ability to run a business across everything from marketing through to new business to tax and finance in the middle and i think as a company scales those gaps become even larger. Yeah. And that's obviously when you guys come in, right? Which is filling some of those gaps. But the challenge is always drop your ego at the door. Mm. Make mm. sure that you have a company <laughs> that can scale and grow with the skills that you need rather than worrying about a competition with yourself. Yeah. Or that it makes you look less. Yeah. Because um, it doesn't. No, absolutely. absolutely yeah. doesn't. And
1: I've seen it before people are threatened. Oh, like yeah. some, someone new arrives and they're yeah. got a slightly better PhD yeah. from yeah. a, like a different jostling, university. Though, 100%, yeah. 100
0: 100%. Yeah. percent 100%. So Chris, same question to you. Talent acquisition, recruitment, like why? Uh
1: it's what I wanted to do when I was younger. Not really.
0: <laughs> Whatever. Uh, as as
1: <laughs> as with most people, I think I um I guess the terms like fell into recruitment. Uh did quite a lot of other stuff before. I worked for a sports coaching company. Um oh, we cool. did like P lessons and holiday clubs oh, and yeah, um, yeah. primary age kids. So yeah. um did the coaching, then was an area manager for that that company. Um I owe a lot to them to be fair, like really early exposure to leading a team. I was like, Mm. 22 and i had a team of like 14 people like doing wow. doing various stuff um i then moved to norfolk with my now wife um mm-hmm. sold wind turbines uh wind, wind turbines, turbines Yep, yeah, they were actually free so not. So you didn't actually sell them not, and they went bust so i clearly it wasn't more. selling oh, enough
0: <laughs> yeah not,
1: not selling enough and then um uh high-end aquariums I worked for a company called uh, reef one selling aquariums oh, like. to um pets at home and companies like that mm. uh and then i joined reed actually so i really kind of like serious introduction to what recruitment is there's mm. like assessment days in london where you have an area manager like watching over you like a hawk uh, about four or five interviews later got a job with reed doing accountancy and finance recruitment which was a bit boring if i'm honest mm. Um very kpi driven you, you know between 10 and 12 you're calling the same people you called the day before between 10 oh, and 12. Okay. so uh, moved back down and um, and then I joined a recruitment business called Orion. Again, mm-hmm. lots of positive things to say about that. Really enjoyed my time there. Um, my my father-in-law actually runs a group of recruitment companies, mm-hmm. um, fairly successful. And, and ever since I've been with uh, Taylor, my wife, they he was saying, like, come and work for me. And I always outright refused. I was like, There's, I'm never going to come it's and work happening. for you. No. <laughs> uh, then whilst I was at Orion, ended up actually joining a biotech company in Oxford called O&I. Great mm-hmm. experience over there. Um Got to, to spend time with some very very bright people and 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 learned a whole lot which
0: does that include Lisa because that's where yeah. you guys that's met fair. this is where we <laughs> met so um
1: yeah uh Lisa and I met over at ONI in Oxford really? um and then one day on holiday uh as a bit of a joke after a few beers I said to my father-in-law I was like well you said about working for you like how about um helping helping Taylor and I set up our own thing so mm. yeah fast forward four years nearly mm-hmm. uh, here we are so um but to, to go back to your point about why recruitment I just enjoy dealing with people Mm. um i enjoy talking and specifically science and engineering because i think Mm. i'll be honest i hated science at school like hated it if my science teachers from school could see what i was doing now they'd be pretty surprised i think um just enjoy dealing with people Mm. spending time with intelligent people as well and learning um and it's a every day is different as i'm sure you know
0: Mm. yeah well you're dealing with yeah dealing with people it's never the same but you you obviously hire people that are highly intelligent really specific how easy is that
1: I actually think the more specific a skill set from a recruitment and finding someone perspective it can Mm. often be easier
0: really it's
1: less subjective so versus recruiting a salesperson which Mm. could be quite Mm. highly subjective like someone who Sarah thinks is a good salesperson might be different to to, to what you do so I think when we're working on some really niche technical roles narrowing that pool of people down is often easier um getting in touch with those people and actually managing to speak to them is is often where the challenge is
0: and what's the bit that gives you the buzz like what's the bit that you think yes that was good i think the satisfaction
1: day. like we work primarily with startups and
0: yes yeah, same as us
1: we are genuinely valued i think by our client partners so we introduce um i remember i made a really uh, one of the most technical placements i have probably made with a company in cambridge and the ceo at the time like actually called me and said like thanks, Chris. Great find. And I I just feel like, um, when you work with those bigger companies, maybe they resent paying an invoice for for something (laughs) you've done for them. Whereas I think in startup world, in my experience, they actually seem grateful because they recognize that you've introduced them a scientist or an engineer that can help take their technology or their product to the next level. Mm. Mm
0: -hmm. Challenges. What's the hardest thing about it? I would say there's a
1: lot of hard things about recruitment. (laughs) Um, I guess
0: just the key one that would probably, yeah, that just kind of pushes you and you think, oh,
1: I would say understanding what, trying to understand what the client wants mm. and relaying that into like your search and the conversations you have with people. Mm. And I think that's perhaps one of the biggest skills that a good recruiter can have is being able to listen to what a client wants, not just read a job description and put yeah, keywords yeah. together. Cause mm-hmm. let's be honest, anyone can do that. Yeah. I think it's taking what someone, um, someone says taking that to market and then actually like delivering that message to the people you're trying to like recruit
0: and even though that's the hardest thing i think that is definitely the most important thing because that's how you end up finding the right people to fit the right role in the right culture Mm -hmm. yeah
1: and i've worked on plenty of roles before where there's not even been a job description Mm. and i think again that's like startup world right like a client will just pick up the phone but we think we need someone that's got a bit of this and a bit of that and what Mm, do you reckon it's like leave it with me i'll see what i can do What led to you setting up your own business?
0: It was a big decision. Um, I thought about it at various different points of my career, if I'm honest. Um, I've worked, like most of my career has been, startups and SMEs, um, and I've worked in so many different industries in this sort of creative industry, I suppose, mm-hmm. started in the music industry, which was as so much fun <laughs> as a singer and an actor, obviously, as you can tell <laughs> from today's podcast. Uh, no, I was working in music publishing, so kind of NME and Music Week at the time. Oh, it was so much fun. But I've always worked in quite unstructured creative industries and always kind of SMEs um, and then moved into some of the larger orgs. Um, at times of acquisition and the companies that I worked for just sort of slowly got bigger and bigger I have to be honest I'd got to the point where I was just absolutely sick to death of the um, politics bullshit (laughs) if I'm honest you know as an HR person you tend to go in the same cycle and the companies I was working for were getting bigger and bigger and, and I just knew that I could do it better for much smaller orgs with CEOs and founders and really put the basics in place right from the beginning from a people perspective so that we could really help them scale. Um, and so I made the decision. It was also combined with, I had some, I had, I've got two young children, not so young anymore, but I wanted to take a little bit more time to be a bit more flexible because mm. i had done a lot of quite serious and senior HR director roles in my career. So it was just at that time it was just it was just the right time, I guess, to set up my own business. I, I didn't have a clue what I was doing. I mean, obviously, I knew I knew HR and I know HR, but the the thought of running my own business was probably the thing that put me off over the years mm. because it was you know it was, it was something I'd never done before.
1: Mm. And more importantly, why with Lisa?
0: Yeah, well, she was the only person <laughs> that would that work thing. with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, Lisa and I worked at, um, a games company together, and. Uh, we're just really like-minded in, in terms of the way that we think, the way that we practice HR. We're, we're both really practical, direct talking people. And out of all the people that I've worked with in my career, she was the one, really the only person that I thought would tolerate me, A, but B, w- was like-minded enough to, mm. to set up a business that we were both ambitious for.
1: And the name, where does that come from?
0: oh evolve hr mm. so that from i'm quite protective of that name actually because um we've done some we we originally um looked at different pictures yeah. we, do you remember we were sending yeah. different pictures to each other what about this what about that and we quite like the butterfly and then a chrysalis and you know it comes from a chrysalis and it goes to a butterfly and all of this kind of stuff and it's like evolution and we were like mm. and that's how it came about it was evolution and i was like What we're going to do is going to be the evolution of a business. As a business evolves, we will evolve with it and deliver our services. And our services will change and grow and be different. Mm. So that's kind of how we ended up with that. And a funny story, we did some brand work. I think it was probably three years ago. Yeah, about that. Because we were starting to get a bit bigger and we were thinking a little bit more. Because we'd done this on like just the computer like we, we, yeah. we you know it was just simple Paint. stuff right yeah uh, yeah Paint. I said, that looks great let's do that um and the colors we chose were, we're quite soft we cook, weren't yeah. they so we did sort yeah. of softer softer colors um and so we did a bit of brand work which was re- which was really really interesting mm-hmm. um work to do and then they came up with a new brand and i think they definitely encapsulated our personalities which you're saying is direct no bullshit that kind of pragmatic solution focused they came up with red and black which were very powerful palette of colors and a new name strike (laughs) interesting (laughs) okay so i was like oh that's quite powerful then i was like no that's definitely not going to work strike Mm. we're hr consultancy I don't know how that works. <laughs> well, it would work quite well now because we would have been raking it in, wouldn't we? It was just because of that. So then, yeah. So I'm quite protective of it because I think mm. it reflects. The business that we have created yeah and it is what we do and who They're we are on a day-to-day basis and so we would definitely keep it we've changed the colors that's all we've done isn't it over the years yeah but then- and made the butterfly look a bit more techie than a, than <laughs> I'm a not sure butterfly but it looks look a little tech. bit it looks a little bit sharper yeah. but yeah so that's that's where the name came from cool has any
1: client ever asked you why has anyone ever asked you to explain the like why you called the business why you call it
0: no. no clearly not interested enough no or maybe it's just because we're so good at what we do they can see it anyway
1: yeah i guess it you know does what it says self-explanatory yeah, i it suppose does. it's yeah. supposed yeah, to
0: absolutely. be a bit self-explanatory yeah, yeah. nice